Welcome to the Next Level Soul podcast, where we ask the big questions about life. Why are we here? Is this all there is? What is my soul's mission? We attempt to answer those questions and more by bringing you raw and inspiring conversations with some of the most fascinating and thought-provoking guests on the planet today. I am your host, Alex Ferrari. I've always wanted to help the audience take their soul to the next level, so I've partnered with Mind Valley and other amazing free courses on spirituality, mind, body, soul, longevity, wealth, and so much more. All you need to do is go to nextlevelsoul.com forward slash free. Disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of the show, its host, or any of the companies they represent. Now, today on the show, we have Anna Stone. She is a scientist and teacher who had a remarkable near-death experience. And what makes her story so interesting is she was coming at it from a very practical and scientific way. And her story, I think, is going to move you guys. So let's dive in. I'd like to welcome to the show, Anna Stone. How are you doing, Anna? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for coming on the show, my dear. I appreciate you coming on and sharing your unique story, your unique life journey that you've gone through. Uh, the path that you are walking is uh, interesting to say the least. So before we get into your near-death experience, what was your life like prior to the near-death experience? Um, well, I was a research scientist um, for twenty about 20 years. On it, like on different contracts for Department of Defense, DARPA, um, UCLA, VA hospital, like all working in conjunction together, right? Um, and I was in a neural engineering lab, and so I worked in with brain tissues, um, and it was pretty boring, <laughs> to be honest, pretty boring. Um, despite the fancy, you know, contracts, we didn't know what we were doing. Like any time, you know, until later, cause it's all uh, piecemealed out. Um, so I was a scientist and I thought in very scientific black and white terms of how things are and how they aren't but by what we can prove you know with scientific uh, testing and instrumentation so that was that like everything was black and white in my world up until that point were you religious at all oh no 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 um I grew up in a very very religious like Baptist um home and yeah, we couldn't like it was really super strict um at, at around age eight i <clears throat> had seen something that i didn't sit well well with me how my family was reacting compared to what they were saying in church <laughs> like didn't jive wow. and so i made a comment about it and ew, that was the start of my black sheep status um <laughs> going forward and i'm it's okay with me but no absolutely not i was it was preposterous to me to you know the whole religious thing was nonsense as far as it I makes concerned. didn't make any sense to you whatsoever nope. it's interesting is it interesting what some people will say uh at church but how they'll actually act is a completely right. different thing that's exactly what I, I saw it and I was like eight and I called it out and I got you in trouble big trouble <laughs> for that <laughs> so tell me what happened to what were the events leading up to uh your your death okay um well like I had been doing the science thing, right? But then I had a period of 
kind of my life falling apart and um was just a total loser like at this point in my life it's like the worst iteration of me possible um and i'm so glad it's not that way anymore i was drinking all the time like i had i just completely lost my way and um was a total just a loser like i just was i just had no motivation nothing i had a new kid like my daughter was like two almost two at the time and i was just being a like totally waste of space and um i was feeling a little sick um i didn't feel so great i was getting like dizzy and stuff um and you know i thought i was having my cycle like for a really long time and i, I was like god and i came out the day that this happened i was like i think i'm bleeding to death guys and i was joking about it but not and the next thing that i know i'm in the hospital like so i guess i fainted right then i guess um you know and um that's when i found out that I had, an, well, I, I woke up in the hospital and I had a blood transfusion thing happening, which was just, oh my God, like um, terrifying to me because the idea of that was just really gross and to me, like someone else's blood in my body. Um, and it, it didn't dawn on me quite what was happening, you know, um, other than that. And then I was told I had this ectopic pregnancy that had ruptured and caused internal bleeding. And I had lost like half of my blood and they had to do this transfusion. And, and I was like, oh, okay. And I, I thought to myself, like, I'm fine. But then as soon as I thought that it was like, my body felt like I felt myself dying, like 100%. Like, I know for a fact that this feeling that came over me was death and like how it felt was so unmistakable and panic inducing kind of, you know, something was very wrong, you know, like very, very wrong. And I knew it. And then, um, it was so intense. I felt like I was going to literally explode. Like I felt like my, there was so much tension building up from the inside out, like inside of me, like, I felt like I was going to pop, but like the, it got to this point where it was like too much. And I just, I did pop, but like only out of my body. And then I like, so I'm, I was out, I'm looking at myself laying in the bed and like, you know, I watched the next few minutes of them you know my me coding and them trying to resuscitate me and stuff like I just what's going through, what's right going through next your door. head what's going through uh, your head at this point well immediately i knew what happened like it, it was weird it was like immediately i was like oh shit. <laughs> um and that's actually that thought that i had like i had this one like profound you know thought of like when i realized that i wasn't in my body anymore and i'm looking at my body and i had no emotional attachment to it in any way shape or form it was just a factual thing like that sucks that was it that's like the only thing I said and then at that point I was like oh crap I'm still me like my attitude's still here my sarcasm is still here like huh you know like interesting um <laughs> pretty much like that like it was just like oh that that oh that's too bad you know well, I, I as if I, I could have made it longer you know but I guess not like no big deal it was just um very devoid of emotion very detached okay. from human that you know the human um feelings and emotions that we're you know used to i didn't have those so it was so very was... much it was very much like you like oh i lost a pair of clothes oh shoot yeah. like <laughs> yeah it was not a big deal like and uh it wasn't a big deal that was i guess the yeah i realized it wasn't a big deal um but then i had this brief second of <gasps> my kids right you know um and that the sec like instant instantaneous like as soon as I said my kids I was immediately 210 miles away 
where my daughter, Ashley, my oldest one, was in college taking a test. And I was in her classroom. I could see what she was wearing, you know, her stressing out over there <laughs> on her test. Um, the time it was on the wall of the clock, you know, behind her. And I was like, eh, should be cool. And then Lucy, like, and then I was immediately back at the hospital, um, watch, looking at my little one who's in the waiting room, playing Legos, whatever. And I was like, oh, fine. And then I went back into the where I was with my body for a minute and just watched them stop working on me and give up on resuscitating me. Um, and one of the guys, the younger technician or whatever he was, he said, we're going to stop now. Like she's, you know, she's only 30, whatever, you know, like he's, I don't know if he said my age, but he said, she's like only in her thirties or something. And the doctor had made this offhanded comment about, um, I don't know, what do you expect? She's a former junkie. And, um, I was not a former junkie. That's not true. So I was like, but so that would make me mad, right? Like that normally would upset me that someone said that I wasn't upset at all. I was just like, that necessary like that was the thought that went through my head was was that necessary but it wasn't upset and it wasn't even like angry it, it was just facts um and yeah so like that plays in later like when i came back like because i asked him about it <laughs> sorry so so what's what happened next uh you're so you're outside of your body yeah. you're looking down they've stopped right. mm -hmm. so i'm i'm there and my looking at my body and i'm like so if i, I was like standing to the right side of me like in the room and so I'm looking to my right and I'm in the room but if and then I noticed that if I looked over to the left I wasn't in the hospital anymore I was somewhere else like looking one way it took me somewhere else like it just was in this other place and it was like like a waiting it was I don't want to say a waiting room because that's I it's the best I can do though um with the language that I have is it was like a a room and I knew it was somewhere I was supposed to be waiting <laughs> for something to happen um there was no people. I didn't see any tunnel. There was no ghosts or spirits of dead relatives. Um, I was just in this room. It was like lit up from some unseen, like, you know, source. And um, yeah, it was just like a waiting room, like no chairs or anything. So it was just a space, you know, like a, a blank space. And um, so I went there. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. And I didn't see anybody for a while, but I could feel stuff around me. Like there was a lot of things going on, but I couldn't see any of it. I could feel it though. And it was like, um, I was very aware that people, uh, people, um, energy, souls, whatever, were all linked up together, like sharing data, like, um, like uploading their like, I feel like if I had stayed, you know, if I was staying, I would be linked up and like uploaded all my memories or something for that collective kind of, that's kind of what it felt like. Um, I couldn't, and I was, and at this point I realized I don't have a body. <laughs> like, right. So um, it didn't dawn on me, even though I'm looking at my body, like for a while in the bed, it didn't dawn on me that like, Hey, that was the body. So you don't have it now. Um, you're just this form of ish. Um, and it was huge. Like we are huge. <laughs> We're very big. Um, taking up tons of space, like so much space. And there is like an outline ish to you, right? There's an edge of your consciousness, but it, it's not definable really by anything other than, oh, I have no idea. Actually, I can't even, but, um, you're just like, it was like little pinpoints of light, I guess. Like, um, it was weird. 
Um, and I realized, wait, how am I seeing? Like, I, I'm seeing 360 degrees. So I can see behind me. And I'm like, oh, right, because I don't have a head because there's no bones in my head to block. Wait, this, there's no bone. I don't have a head. I have no eyes. So how the hell am I seeing? Like, so I was kind of a little bit perturbed. I'm not perturbed, but just like, hmm, interesting. I, I guess I'll figure it out. But like, it was weird. And then all of a sudden there was a person standing in front of me um, that, you know, came out of literally nowhere. And it was um, a woman and it was literally me. Just another iteration of me standing in front of me looked a little different though like her face was a little different had worn um different lines like different um expression lines and things like that like we had different experiences clearly um <laughs> but it was me um and I just like I guess I knew what was going on I because I, I didn't even question it I just was like oh and then I heard what that word nope that's it like I heard nope and like that, I just knew what that meant. It meant, no, you're going back. You know what's going on. And like, and I looked back at my body and I was like, how am I going to fit in there? Right? Like, how the hell am I going to fit? I'm so huge. Um, and then I went into the belly button. It, it, I got shoved like back through my navel. Why? I don't know. Like, that's so weird to me. Um, and, and that's when I saw a tunnel. Like coming back in was when I saw a tunnel and that hurt so much it was very painful on the way back in and that's what shot me up and brought me back um I was still hooked up to the machine right like they hadn't uh, taken off the leads um everyone's back was turned to me like they were all filling out paperwork and stuff and and I just shot up so there was no like warning beeps to let them know like I was coming back um <laughs> as you know and I came back and scared the absolute crap out of um, at least that one guy the, like the, yeah, I was I was about to say that must have been terrifying for I not mean, only for you but for everybody in the room. Well, right, like I felt like how I felt was like if someone had held my like literally it felt like if that somebody had my head underwater and was holding me underwater and until the second I couldn't like take it and I was gonna you know drown like inhale water like I could not breathe because for six minutes I had no oxygen so I was coming out of that and taking that first breath. To like recuperate um the oxygen i didn't i was deprived of for oh, like six minutes so mm. it was loud and um shocking and it yeah it was very disorienting for me and then the jumping around in the room and loud audible gasps were also stressful <laughs> as well um and then i looked at the doctor and i was like did you, as soon as i could catch my breath i said did you say you know hey like she is a former junkie and he wouldn't answer me. He just looked at me like, um, you know, I'm like, did you say that? Like, did you say that about me? Like, and I think I'm pretty sure he thought I was trying to like get him in trouble, you know, but that wasn't my goal. I just, I needed to know, did I actually hear that? Because upon coming back, I, it was very clear, like, oh my, oh my God, I just died. Like I knew what happened. Like, and this can't be real because I don't believe in this. Um, at all and so he can't have said that like this can't be right so i'm gonna ask him and, and then he's gonna tell me no right i didn't say that uh, that's just your neurons misfiring or whatever but no he he apologized and he still thought i was trying to get him in trouble he didn't realize what he didn't get what i was trying to do like at all mm -hmm. um he, right. he was trying to cover his ass but i was like i don't care i just i just need to know if you said it did i hear that like did i hear it 
And he's like, there's no way you could have heard that. Like you were clinically dead. I'm and like, so, so you're, okay. you said it. <laughs> so, <laughs> right? so you did it, right? I'm, yeah. I'm going to get you in trouble. Just say it. And no. No. He's like, I'm, I'm very <laughs> sorry. And I, I was like, I don't care. Like, you know, because I didn't care. Um, but that was bad. I didn't want that news. I didn't so, want that. So what's interesting is, this was fascinating about your story, because you're basically walking in as an atheist, essentially, right? Right. I mean, I believe uh, in maybe something, but I don't know what the heck it was. Yeah. Agnostic at, at best. Right. So you come in, you don't have any real belief of anything. You go to the other side, your personality is the person who you were is still there, but it's the void of emotion mm-hmm. that you, that we feel here. Yep. Uh, you are uploaded to a, a mainframe. Almost. You can start feeling everyone's thoughts and feelings almost like you just like were connected, like in the matrix in the back right. and you're connected to something else. And all this other information is there. Um, and then you get swung back in, you feel all the pain in your body, the moment you should slam back in. And then the emotions come back. And then the logic comes back that you had in your head before. So that, that logic, those beliefs didn't exist in the other side because it just, there was a knowing on the other side. Right. Right. Yeah. There is. Um, so like people ask me that a lot, like, did you, you know, do you, cause there's that a myth or rumor, you know, that you, when you die, you get down, like know everything about everything. Right. You know, people say that I, that's not what I experienced, but I do know I, I did experience enough to understand. I think what, what it is, it's like, you don't, you don't know what you don't know. Right. So um, you have to, anything that I thought about during that brief time of six minutes, right. Like I got the, I was able to get the answer to, if I thought about it consciously, like, at, and was like what about this it came but it wasn't like all of it just came at once you know what i mean like i had to ask for it right so it's like you have to know what you want to know to know it yeah th- from other near-death experiences they'll like ask a question and all of a sudden they're like oh so that's how quantum physics works right uh- <laughs> yeah 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 like i mean it was like any yeah because i i i asked like and that's why it's hard to describe it because i didn't ask out loud like I didn't I just thought it in my head and then I got answer about like what does nope mean you know like I'm going back like I knew that like it was just it was like an instantaneous not even an answer it was just like a knowing I it's really hard to describe yeah Um, it's it all sounds similar to a a forms of things I've heard before it's really interesting so when you come back you obviously are essentially trying to verify that you were dead so you have a kind of a a verified near-death experience because you could start telling people things that are happening in the room and everyone's like, what the hell's going on? Okay. So you're back in your body. You're dealing with this. How do you psychologically process this from not only hours after days, weeks, months, and even maybe years after that experience? Well, um, like it was, it's been a lot. I'm not gonna lie. Like it's been a lot. It's changed my entire life. Like everything about it. My entire life is different now. Like, um, I stopped like, for instance, like I can't drink alcohol anymore. So I literally came back sober. Like that six minutes cleared me of a drinking problem. I tried and I couldn't, my body physically wouldn't take it. Like, um, and I just like, fine, forget it. Now I tried that before and it didn't work out, you know? Um, so this was weird. Um, and the doctors couldn't tell me why they're like, just take it as a blessing is what I told them. I'm like, fine. Um, but at home, when they let me go the same day, like literally maybe a couple hours later, you know? And so, um, because the insurance, 
Of course, of and, course, um, insurance. <laughs> right. And, um, you know, I, I was like. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. I was in tears. Like, and I was, um, I was married at the time though to an atheist. Um, and he would, he just kept telling me I was imagining it. Like he kept saying, he kept telling me that it wasn't real. And like, I'm over here, the person that would say that too, normally. Right. You know? So like he knows, he knew that. And, and it was frustrating because I was like, you've got to understand if I'm saying this right now, like it's serious. Like I'm not, this is not a joke. Like I, I saw some stuff, like I can't, how, how do you explain this? And he would argue, he was arguing with me about it. Like telling me I was just losing my mind, you know, like, I know, I guess maybe at the time he was trying to help, but it was not the right way um, at all. And, and then like, I just like, at one point I remember laying on the couch and just thinking, Holy shit, like Carol, your life is like, what the hell you have a new kid? Like, what are you doing with yourself? Like you just died. Like it was really hard on me. Like, cause I, it was like all the stuff I've been avoiding, you know, like all that hit me. Like, I've got to take care of stuff. I can't do this anymore. Like I've got to get my life together. Um, and then it was like, oh my God, I died. Like, what? and I saw things like my person, I existed past this. Like, I don't know what happens after six minutes. I can only say for six minutes what happens, right? Like, I don't know, maybe it all goes, nothing it goes away. <laughs> I can't tell you, but those six minutes were like, like not, it was not cool. Like I was really upset about it because, and I still have a hard time with it actually, because it's still like, it racks my brain. Like how it's just a lot. It's a lot. If I went 38, 36, almost, almost four decades of my life thinking one way and to have that all shifted in six minutes is a lot to take in. Right. That's why I was asking. And I asked a lot, I asked that same question to all my near death experience guests because I can only imagine if your foundation of your entire existence is based on this thought. And this goes for religion, non-religion, God, Buddha, whoever you believe in. And someone all of a sudden says, everything that you've known is now false. Uh, I'm sorry, this is another idea. And then it destroys the foundation of, of, of your existence, essentially, of what right. you've based on, because it's a chain reaction of, if I don't believe this, then they lied to me here, or I made a mistake here, and then ego gets involved, and it just starts to crumble your entire identity. Right. And that's what someone's saying something, you reading something, or you hearing something. You experience something that is so much more vivid than reading a book <laughs> or having right. someone tell you something. And right. then you having to process that, and you're still processing it. Yeah, I am. I mean, I'm, I'm in there. I'm in therapy, like actively, like I. I mean, I'm, I'm getting my um, master's and doctorate, like second master's and doctorate in psychology and mm -hmm. consciousness studies right now. Like I, I'm in therapy too, because I know that I need to, you know, this is stuff that I process still like there's because stuff keeps coming up. That's the weird thing about it. It is like, what do you mean? Exactly. Like I got like that word that I was given that note, whatever it was like, it was like almost like a file, like a zip drive or something. Cause it keeps like things keep popping up in my mind now that like just out of nowhere, I'll just know something or have some like revelation about something. Um, like when you say, physics, you know? <laughs> like so, so, uh, so in other words, there was, uh, so, okay, this is interesting. So you were, you were, so, come on, someone downloaded a file into your head essentially. 
and you've slowly it gets revealed at yeah. inopportune times yeah. <laughs> throughout yeah. your life in the right. shower, in dinner, yep. or something like that. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're like, what what? I don't yes. How how do I know how to paint now? I mean, right. not that, but right. you know, something right. like that. Right. Because so I got I was really mad at myself um that I wasn't more upset about my children, right? Because um I was effectively orphaning both of my kids. My oldest daughter's father had passed away from cancer. Um, so she was that I was all all she had. And I mean, if she's a, an adult now, but like still, like she'd still be, you know, like without parents, both of them. And and the, my Lucy was only like just gonna be two, like, you know, and I was I wasn't even upset about the fact that I was leaving them and you know, like not gonna like I was dead. Didn't bother me. And I was really mad at myself. So I was like, what kind of parent are you to feel that way? You know, and I was beating myself up about it. And then like one day, a couple months later, you know, it was just popped into my head, like why it was that way. And like why it was that and that it's don't stress about it. It's you're fine because you knew you weren't staying. You knew that. That's why you weren't upset. You already knew this was planned. You had already planned this. This was an exit strategy for you when your life got too off the rails. Like, and um, so well, that, I had to Let's dive into that for a second because that has been said many times on the show before. Oh, really? The exit, the exit strategy, the soul plan, the soul blueprint, and the exit strategy is something I've heard. Oh, wow! From okay. other from other near death experiencers, where like you have a soul plan, a blueprint, and throughout that, if you have you live eighty years, let's say this blueprint's good for eighty years, you can get out at twenty five, you can get out at sixty two, you can get out at fifty seven. Uh, there's moments in your life where you can literally exit the highway if you want to exit strategy. And then that's when you have a near-death experience and you choose either to go and that's it, or you can come back. So I don't know if you right. haven't heard that before. That is that is common, believe it or not. I haven't. I, I haven't like I haven't really researched them because it's been a lot. Like it's stressful. <laughs> you have enough with your own, let alone start listening to yeah, other people. I mean, it is. I I the belly button thing bothered me a lot, right? Like, why would I go back and do my belly button? But guess what? You know, like in my consciousness and classes I'm taking, turns out that's a thing apparently in like Buddhist tradition. I, I like the, the silver cord. In, like, yeah. And I was like, what? Yeah. Oh my God. I did not know that. Like, so that was weird, you know? I mean, so there was like weird things that I didn't know about that actually ended up being things that actually are talked about by many other people that do know about that stuff. And um, that was interesting to me. Uh, very much so when you, but yeah when that you, keeps happening it's been happening it keeps happening i don't know if it'll stop or whatever but i keep getting more information like more understanding rather um but it's being dripped out to you but it's being dripped yeah, out to you as being, opposed yeah. to if they all came in at once you would you you short circuit essentially probably right yeah in this iterate yeah in my this body yeah absolutely too much it would overload the the system Ooh. yeah so when you came out, when you came back from, from your near death experience and you start talking to your husband, you start talking to other people about this, how did the people around you deal with this new version, the non-drinker, right. figuring things out spiritually, all this new human being, how did that, de how did they deal with you and how did you deal with it? I'm still dealing with it um, because it's super drastic. Um, I'm aware of that. Like, most of the time things like this would kind of change somebody like in a way that is noticeable to people's closest to them. Right. But even they, they might know they think differently or something, but it's not that big of a deal. This is a hundred percent different. It's almost like, like I've heard the concept of a walk-in, you know, like mm -hmm. I've almost feel like, but I know it's not that, but like I, it would be so close to like that level of change. Like, um, 
I like everything about me, like uh, just from keeping my word to, you know, um, being like having a goals and it just, I had none of it before. Like I, I had had earlier in life, but then I got, you know, in this bad way and like, just stop giving a crap. And, and now I, all of a sudden I was just like, oh my God, I have to go back to school. I have to become a teacher. I teacher. What? I hated <laughs> school. Um, I was a bad student. I ditched all the time. Like, what do you mean? Um, but yeah, no, I had to be a teacher all of a sudden and like do all this stuff. And then a job literally fell into my lap as a teacher. And like, I didn't even apply for it. Like it, they called me. I was like, when did I apply for this job? And they couldn't tell me when I did. Cause I didn't like, it was crazy. I got that job. I worked there for years as my first teaching job. Like and it was just weird, like weird stuff started coming together, like um, right after that. And my life just took a completely different turn, like com- totally. And now my friends and people, when they see me, they're like, literally, like my friend Maggie, um, she's like my best friend. She, every time I talk to her, she goes, I just, I can't believe, I just can't believe this is, this is you. And it's been years now, right? Like, and she still brings it up. Like, um, It's so drastic. And, yeah. I mean, I, and I see it too. I, I like but mine's different. Mine's a detachment from it. That's so uh, like completely settled, you know, like it's completely done that I can't even relate or resonate with the person I used to be at all. Like it's, it's hard for me to even put myself into my own shoes from back then. I, it's, I don't want to, it was gross. And I'm like, it was pretty, you know, it was a bad time. Like, I'm glad I got out of that <laughs> uh, way. So, so, so it, it, it basically dying saved your life. 100 100% yep like full on and 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 my daughters because I was not the best parent you know at all and uh that's not the case now like my kids are happy and healthy and like taken care of like properly like they're not like I'm not just all about me anymore like you know I care I I'll put everybody else I do everything for everybody now like I didn't do anything I used to just be a selfish jerk you know like really Mm -hmm. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Oh, I remember. <laughs> oh, I remember. I was I was in my teens and twenties too. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so yeah like that. Right, like that. You know, and like victim mentality. Yep. Like my life sucks, and there's nothing I can do about it. Like that poor kind me. of. Mm, you know, the the mentality. <laughs> right. It, it's, it's so it, it seems like, and don't take this the wrong way, but it almost seems like you're reluctant in this new version. And in, in a way you're like, I got a job. I guess I got to be a teacher now. I'm like, it's kind of like you're being guided and you're just like, okay, I'll go do this now. Yeah. I, I can't drink anymore. I'm trying, but it doesn't work anymore. Like, mm-hmm. it seems like there's, there's a, not a reluctancy. Maybe that's not the right word. But you know what I mean, right? There's yeah. kind of like this weirdness, this weird energy about how you're moving forward now. You're happier, but right. you're just like, what's going on? Well, I want answers now. Like, so my scientific right. mind's back, you know? And it's like, okay, well, I can't, like, what the hell, you know? So uh, now, but now I'm a different way. Like before I would never talk. So I've had paranormal experiences my whole life, despite the fact that I didn't believe in anything. Like, despite that I was like, you know, nope, this doesn't exist. I had been tormented as a kid by like the house we lived in was so haunted and scary, but I would convince myself it was my imagination, right? Because that's what I was told. That's science. So I would deny all of these uh, experiences I had all the time. Um, And my family would also say like things like, don't like, don't act that way. If you're saying something like telling somebody something was going to happen, 
before it did, like you'd get in trouble. I'd get in trouble for that kind of stuff, you know, like, like a, it's a bad thing. So um, I just would be like, this is, you know, like, it's not real. It's not, I just, I brainwashed myself to believe nothing existed. Right. Like, mm. cause that was the safest option for me. Um, and now I'm like, well, that's not true. <laughs> so, um, and all the stuff they told me about tarot cards and things like that, like I was going to go to hell and like, well, the demons, you know, like, doing demons that. Yeah. yeah, no, like, like, I know, like I left the one thing that I was very grateful for with all my Christian guilt of like my terror of like being judged and like burning right. in hell for eternity was completely, it just completely murdered that day like thank god like it wiped no way yeah like it's not that's not a thing and like for me anyway like you believe what you want but like i know for me i'm good so i was like thank you so i don't have any guilt about being um someone that reads tarot cards i don't have any guilt anymore about that which is something that was ingrained into me like indoctrinated like it was wrong it was bad it was against god kind of stuff right so that helped a lot that was a very big benefit for me so um yeah so that's and i i'm much more myself now like who i am weirdo like how weird and strange i am um and i'm okay with that like before i was hiding it all the time because it was against god you know? right like, according to according to what someone told you yep how, how do you reconcile the scientific mind and now this new spiritual understanding that you have Right. Well, that's the, that's the fight I had in myself this whole time. And like, that's why I was in such a bad way. Like the denying like of myself and my true, like authentic self was causing such inner turmoil, like within me that it was causing me to have addiction problems and depression and anxiety and things like that. And, um, I didn't know that, like, I didn't, that would never cross my mind to put those things together. So they were, I was like, have this you know this dichotomy of like this side and this side and they don't mix together they can't that's not true either like like that again now it's like i'm integrating all of that together and doing research on this stuff like and in a scientific manner so like i've been able to now take the both sides of that i love about myself like the psychic stuff the and then this you know understanding now of what's real really on the other side um and be able to like marry those two with science like and it, it works because now quantum physics and quantum mechanics like it's become talk we can talk about it now like and, and it's and it's being supported in actual mainstream science which is amazing um i just got my research published like last week for the like my actual research on trauma and dna and psychic ability and people like how they possibly are connected and that's like a big deal. Like that would never have been published before. Oh like you would have been burned at the stake. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and <laughs> I mean, and then like, you know, that, and my research was based on a study that was done in 2021, a real peer reviewed at, you know, the Nordic uh, Institute of Nordic Sciences did it on genetic component um, for psychic ability. And they found evidence that there is a genetic component and like, that's a big deal. So that's exciting. So, um, yeah, I'm okay with that now. Like this is all becoming, now I can be myself wholly and not have to compartmentalize and like deny certain parts of myself. I'm just, and that's, so that's a freedom that I wouldn't have had otherwise. And I'm very, I'm super grateful for that. I have So you've, you've at this point in your life now have gone all in, you understand what you've seen. You are now using your skill set that you'd built up over your life as a scientist and now applying it into the 
metaphysics world right. and the and the spiritual world and all this kind of stuff and combining the two worlds you are that an agent of that if yes. if you will at this point right and 100 and it's I've, i'm like thrilled i like it's beyond exciting for me like i never thought in my lifetime i'd see this happen right like you know people being able to talk about it and taken seriously um and luckily you know i mean it doesn't hurt that i have like previous research published from when I was just doing neural engineering it has nothing to do with science, you know, spirituality. So like, that's helpful. But even if I didn't have that, like I, it wouldn't matter because now there's sun, there's tons of um, up emerging um, researchers coming out and doing these studies and working on it and, and it, people are listening. So that's great. So, so let's, let's dive into this other area of your life now, which is psychic abilities uh, and the tarot cards and stuff. Cause I'm fascinated with the tarot cards. We'll talk about that in a minute, cool. but, but these psychic abilities that you, when did they start to come out? How did they come out? How did you deal with it as well? Uh, again, psychologically to have these kind of abilities from a person who you were. And then also how that also, all of a sudden you were like, when they came out, Oh, I was living in a haunted house. <laughs> right. <laughs> kind of right. thing. Right. So, but like, again, growing up, haunted house, like, you know, and um, then everywhere I lived, basically haunted house. Pretty much, I figured out it's me, not the houses. Um, so, like, that, <laughs> right. that sucks. you know, um, that was recent. That was just last year that I came to that revelation. Um, but, you know, my mom was hell, like, my mom had psychic premonitions all the time. And she, I, what, I would witness one that was so, profound like in my life I watched her have it I saw what happened it was my grandpa my grandfather was dying you know at the house and like he had cancer and she was making us food she was making jello pudding and she just kept saying to herself I have to feed you kids I have to feed you kids like she was like almost like in a kind of a weird state like a altered state she was like zoning out like during this bowl and then she just went like <gasps> and dropped it and it went everyone she goes papa died like and she was like shaking and, and looking all weird and i was like what the hell you know and then like literally maybe 10 15 seconds later my uncle harry walked out and he said we just lost papa and like i was they i was eight years old i remember this like it was yesterday it was not have chills like actually and she she saw like she saw something like i saw her have this reaction to nothing you know what i mean like i saw it and and it was so visceral and it, it was terrifying to me as a kid right um but then you know, when we, I tried to talk to her about it later, it was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Right. Like that kind of stuff. The programming um, is deep. The right. programming was deep. Yeah. And then like the first time I saw someone's aura, like I was terrified. I did not know what the hell I was looking at. I didn't know why this person's head was glowing. Like, why is it, what's going, what's wrong with me? Like, and where, you know, like where's the light source, what's going on. And I, you know, and then I'm thinking I'm going to go to hell because this is bad. Like, cause it, you know, so I had this problem because my grandparents told me this hell thing all the time. So I was like, I didn't even want to talk about it. So I didn't, right? Like I never talked about it to anybody. Um, I just kept it inside and totally just tried to snuff it out. No, no, no wonder you were like, you you almost self-destructed because you were just holding down all of this knowing inside of you and denying so much that was inside of you <sighs> that you were just like, I got to drink. I got to do right, something. Right. Like, yeah, when I was working at UCLA, okay, the, the lab there, um, my house was here in LA it was haunted again. And um, it was so bad that my babysitter quit and like stuff like that, like other people, right. were telling me, and I was literally dealing with it and going, you guys are crazy. Like literally just telling them they're crazy, even though I'm experiencing the same stuff. 
because I refused. And at one point, it got really bad to the point where I actually had to, I, I had to move and admit that something very off was happening, something very not normal was happening. And my boss, and I won't say his name just because, but like I could probably, but he asked me like what was going on. And I was like, well, you're going to think I'm crazy. My house is haunted. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. And he was like, I should talk to my wife. And I was like, okay, whatever. And I, I like just ignored it. And then his wife, he's like, she's a psychologist. And I was like, great, great, freaking great, right? But she actually came to my house with me and bought, brought Sage and like did a whole clearing thing with me. Like she didn't judge me at all. She like came to help me. And I was like, what? So that was my first, that moment was my first glimpse of like, wait, 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 wait. You're the principal investigator doctor, PhD in neuroscience, world famous, you know, I mean, very well-known person. And you're married to a, a woman that does that. And you're, and you facilitated this for me. What the hell? You know what I mean? Like that was really like, I, I was really confused by that, but it was a hopeful confusion. Right. Um, you know, but it's still, it was just too, too risky for me to like, um, be looked at like I was crazy in that, in my field of, you know, work and stuff. Cause I could lose my, I, I, I was thinking I would lose my job. People wouldn't take me serious. My work would be discredited, whatever. So, you know, um, up until the day I died, like I just kept denying it. And um, yeah. So, and when, it was, so, when, so when she came back though, how was the, how did the psychic abilities, were they just, now you knew what they were and you yeah. were like, okay, I can open up myself up to all of this. So, no, I still didn't want to open up, but um, like stuff kept happening really bad in my house. Like it just kept getting worse and worse and like weird stuff, like stuff flying, like literally coming off the walls and like hitting people in the head. Like my friend Maggie got attacked by a spatula, like just crazy stuff that was happening. And um, my mother-in-law moment, you know, she's, we call, I still call her that, but she, you know, we're not related anymore, but she is from Trinidad. And so they practice like hoodoo, voodoo over there. And she says to me, girl, you know why they're doing this, right? Because you refuse to acknowledge it. You refuse. And so they're trying to get your attention. You're like a beacon. They come and they're like, oh, she can help you. She can see us. And then you're ignoring them and they're pissed. And I'm like, sorry, like you're trying to tell me that all I have to do is just acknowledge it and they'll stop this nonsense. And she's like, yeah, did I listen? Nope, sure didn't. And wait another year with um crazy stuff happening in my house. And to finally, <laughs> the end of that year, I was like, fine. All right, guys, fine. And then it just stopped like that. And I was like, are you, are you joking? Is this serious? This is not, I was so mad that I like, it was that easy. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? Um, all these, all these decades, really? Right. And, and then the other thing too was interesting is like, okay, so I've been reading tarot cards since I was 12, right? So anyone that reads tarot cards since they're 12 should have them memorized by now, right? Okay. Yeah. But I don't, I, if you asked me what this card meant, I would be able to tell you, right? And I was really irritated with myself by this. So I was like, I can memorize lots of things. Why can't I memorize these cards? Like, why can't I get it? And then I started reading cards online again on like a Facebook group and I started recording it and I watched the recording and I was like, oh my God, what am I doing? What is happening in this reading? Because I think I'm sitting there reading cards, but that's not what the camera shows. <laughs> camera shows me not even looking at cards and like looking at the ceiling and asking questions to something that I do not, that I don't see and I don't remember any of it. So I really quickly realized that I'm, uh, I'm channeling, holy shit. 
channeling. This is not me. That's why I don't remember what I say. That's why I don't remember what the cards mean. It's because it's not, I'm not even, it's not even me reading it. Like, and it was really weird. It's very disturbing to see that. So I went to USC to get a psych evaluation done because I wanted to make sure that I wasn't schizophrenic, that I wasn't having psychosis, that I wasn't, um, you know, you were not, you are not uh, technically yeah. you are nuts. Yeah. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm nuts, but I'm not. Clinically. Not not clinically nuts. You're just right. normally organically right. nuts. Like like right, I right. <laughs> like we all have our yeah. special kind of nuts. And I, I I went for two weeks, this long process. Um, two weeks testing, assessed, reassessed, interviewed, you know, um, and there was a whole panel of doctors like uh, and clinicians there. Um, and they um gave me my report and it was no, you just have some complex trauma, but you don't have any mental illness or anything like that. So that was it. And I was like, Okay. So that's ruled out. So, uh, you know, I, I've done the scientific method on myself. Like I've made sure that I'm not just mistaking something for something else. Right. You know, now, like, I, I can't tell you where it comes from. I can't tell you like, you know, why me, but, um, why I have it. And you know, my like brother doesn't or something. Right. But it is what it is. So I'm just at this point kind of relinquishing that need to know the why and just going with the it's it just it is so let's just work with it now so okay so let's dive into these tarot cards because i'm fascinated with tarot yeah. cards um i know nothing of them I, i've had a tarot card reading once or twice in my life okay um i think they're really fun and but can you explain i always i always found that interesting because just like anyone could read a tarot card yeah. it's kind of like you have a deck you shuffle it and whatever cards come out it's it's the universe kind of guiding the cards to tell you your future, but you need to have someone who understands what the cards mean to tell you what's going on. Kind of. No, I mean like anyone, anyone can read tarot. Um, they come with a booklet tells you, they even have cards that have like the meanings printed on the face, um, for people. But, um, that's like when, when I read tarot, like that's not how I'm not looking at the books right anymore, but and you can do that. So they're amazing. Whoever, we don't know exactly who made them, um, first, but Whoever made them was so smart, like so beyond their, beyond way before their time, because they managed to make these 78 cards that will encompass any possible human experience that can possibly happen within someone's lifetime. Like the fool's journey, like it's, it's a storyline, you know, it starts with the fool and it goes through this, you know, like the, the growth and the trials and tribulations of a person on their path to individuation, right? Like that's mm. basically what it is. And it's like this person, you know, going through the ups and downs, love and hate and like fights and all this. But the way that they're combined with each other is like, yeah, it's really, it's crazy. Like it's, every time I read people's cards and they, I always get feedback. People will be like, oh my gosh, you read my cards. Do you remember? I'm like, no, I don't. Sorry. I do not remember. But um, <laughs> that I'll take your word for it. And they'll tell me, you said this was going to happen, whatever. And, um, and it did. And I'm like, cool. Like, great. Um. I'm glad, I guess, right? But I like don't know. I, I just don't know how they work. Like it's it's fascinating to me because it's they're accurate so often. Um, I mean, really, um, with details that you can't know, like stuff, right? Like it's just there's no way I can know it. Um, but they work, and you could read them. You know, you just yours would be a little bit more in the beginning, like limited to just what the cards mean on paper. Um. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of symbolism in there too. So like all of the cards have symbols and the different colors that are represented all mean something too to the psyche. Cause you know, like Carl Jung said that we 
our soul speaks in symbols. Like that's our, so symbol, symbolism is huge. And that's what kind of triggers. Um, it's like a lot. Like, so when I use cards, it's not really me using the cards. It's that I'm using them as a key to open the door, like, for, I guess, um, information to come from, in. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I'm not really, I use them, but they're not the end all be all when I do readings. That makes sense. Like what, Anna, what fascinates me about you is that you're a scientist who reads tarot cards. Like, <laughs> I'm not a scientist anymore. Well, but, well, I'm, but you, but you have a scientific mind. You, you have I'm a, a teacher. Yeah. yeah. You, but you know what I mean? You, you, yeah. you were a scientist. You're right. You're going no, I teach college psychology now and, and yeah. world religion. Yeah. And, um, you know, at, at college here in Los Angeles, like I am a college teacher and I am a researcher. So I am researching in my program. And yeah, really? I, I have that analytical mind. I do. And um, anytime I hear so, people tell my stories, I take it very skeptically at first. Right. I do. Even I, I'm still skeptic. I am absolutely still skeptic, even after all this stuff. But you're not a skeptic about what you experienced. No. Right. No, I can't. I can't. I would love to try. I tried. Didn't <laughs> work out. It's, it, there seems to be like the, the, there's been a battle inside of you. Yes. Yeah. Of inf constantly. Mm -hmm. Since before, yep. during, and after your near-death yeah. experience. I'm stubborn. You know, I'm a very stubborn person. And like, it's really hard. It's because it's, look, it's like, I don't ever want to. I am a very humble, like I'm, I'm, I don't like people that are like very gregarious and ostentatious. And like, you know, I, I don't like, I think that's a very good characteristic to have. So I don't like to come across that. Like, I don't want to come across as being like, oh, I'm so cool or special ever. So it's hard for me to like, like, you know, it's hard for me to say this happened sometimes because it's like, people tend to think it's really interesting. Right. And so then I automatically get scared that I'm coming across as like, you know, like, as like right you don't want to be yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't it's be really hard for me it's like a weird thing i just i don't like um we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor and now back to the show like i'm to come across as inauthentic or like you know trying to get attention right because i that's not it like this i don't care if anyone believes me or not like about this i could care less i know what i experienced and that's all that matters like literally um, and it's just, to me, it's crazy that I still though argue with myself about it. <laughs> like, <it's> still, <laughs> well, I do. You, but let me ask you this though. So you are obviously publicly out, you've, you've stepped out of this NDE spiritual yep. closet, if you will. Yep. Um, how, how has this affected like your job? I mean, oh. I imagine students look you up. <laughs> oh yeah. Unfortunately. Um, <laughs> so I don't teach high school anymore. I'm sure. good. Um, I would never have been able to talk about this stuff when I was a high school teacher at all. As a high school biology teacher, that was my job. No way. Um, parents would have had a absolute nipchin fit and had me fired. So I couldn't even talk about any of that stuff. Like if, if students ask me questions, I never could answer anything because it's just I couldn't, you know, I couldn't risk it. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's not my place to talk about that stuff in class anyway. That's not teacher's job. You're supposed right. to teach, of course. Okay. Um, college though, um, is different because they're adults. So I don't have to worry about parents, <laughs> um, talk, you know, coming at me. They try, but it doesn't work. Um, and my students are great. Um, you know, I don't talk about my stuff in my classes ever, but I do have students that find me online and like TikTok and stuff. And I'm just like, hi, 
well, welcome, you know, but um, I'm still your teacher at school. So like, watch yourself, <laughs> like watch your comments. I'm still grading your papers. But, um, you know, like most of my students are my friends after they're out of my classes. Like most of them are, you know, people that come to me, ask me for advice later. Um, you know, and they, I've had, yeah, like students kind of, you know, keep in contact with me and tell me how they're doing and stuff like that. So do I'm, you, do you find in your experience being a teacher, uh, that this new generation is so much more open-minded about things like this, as opposed to our generation or God forbid your parents' generation or your grandparents' generation, you see like a, a significant change in this new crop of souls, if you will, coming up. Um, I see, yeah, there I see a lot of I see a lot of um looking for meaning because like our generation, like I'm you know 44. So my generation was 90, you know, 80s, 90s. Um, mm -hmm. we were getting jobs already. Like I was working at 14. Um oh, yeah. literally. Um oh. I was out of my house way before 18. Um I, yeah, I was already an adult by the time I was like teenager. So it, I didn't like, I, I didn't have time to think about this kind of stuff really. You know, I had other things to worry about. Like these kids, they have more of that afforded to them and they are looking for meaning anywhere they can find it. Definitely. Um, and that's one of those things too, that's it was hard for me because like some of them, I see them, you know, kind of like looking at some stuff that might not be so great for them. Right. You know, um, as an option and it's like I couldn't say anything so it was really hard for me to be a teacher at a high school level because I couldn't help I just couldn't so I, I had to I had to stop <laughs> because it was painful to you know see like oh no 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 that's not right I couldn't even talk about it like you know so right. but they, and they'd ask me they'd come and ask me like stuff like they knew I would they knew I knew the answer but I couldn't tell them like you know so I mean, I like I had kids that would wait till they're 18. I'm 18 now. Can we be friends online? Like that all the time. <laughs> you know, and I'd be like, fine, okay, you're over 18, you're not my class anymore. Fine. You can now I'll let you friend me on whatever, but only because you're eight, you know what I mean? Like sure, that, I get you, I get you. I yeah. Get you. Uh, yeah, and yeah they're you... definitely more open to it and they are not um they don't ridicule there's no like bullying's not like the same it was. Oh God, we were as brutal. It was brutal when we were growing. Yeah, it was. Oh my it God, Freshman Friday and stuff. Like, I mean, come on. Yeah. Brutal. Oh my yeah. God. Physical, emotional. <laughs> oh yes. Mental, psychological. Oh. God. Yes. It, it was a scarring for life. Yes. <laughs> yes. But you know what? It made us a bit stronger. That's why we're yes. more resilient than we are than many of the the newer generation might be sometimes. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Yes. <laughs> We have thicker no, skin. Yeah. Yes. Without, yeah, this is a Gen X. It's just like, eh, this doesn't bother me. Whatever. Yeah, like whatever. We'll get through it. We were like left at home alone to fend for ourselves anyways. <laughs> with three with three channels of television. And, oh my God. I know. We but were, great music on the radio, at least. You know, hey, at least there was that. Fantastic music. Fantastic music. The best. Uh, so, and I'm going to ask you a few questions, ask all my guests. Uh, okay. How do you define a fulfilling life? So for me, that's a big one now is... Um, I've done a lot of things with my life that don't match each other. Like, you know, different jobs that I've had because I wanted to. And that like, for me, continuing on that path of like, once I get my interest spark, that I go for it and I find a way to get into that thing. And for however long that needs to happen, because at the end of the day, I don't want to be old and sitting there wishing I'd done things with my life and, and I don't, can't do them now. So like none of that, like I am all about getting experiences in now and like, not waiting for later. 
Um, and I'll, but then the big one on top of that is to make sure that I'm giving back to other people. So like, um, I give, like, I help people with trauma, right? Like I help people like process trauma because I had a really traumatic bringing up and like, I, I'm maybe a little more resilient than some other people might be. So I'm going to help because that's my job because that's, I, that's why I was put through that stuff. Like if you just go through stuff in life and then you're just like, and when it's over, you're like, whatever, you know, and you just get to go about your business. Well, happy for you. But like, that is not my path. Like I have got to be there to help facilitate for other people in order for me to have what I consider to be a fulfilling life. If you can go back in time and talk to that little girl, what would you, what advice would you give her? You were right. Keep it up. <laughs> great advice. Yeah. How do you, how do you define source or God? It's us. It's us. Like, um, we are, it, it is us. Like, and it's the, it's like, we're here experiencing humanity and human emotions as this fragmented, one of 8 billion fragments of source. Um, you know, and it's like each individual drop of in of water, you know, but like all those drops of water together form that sea of consciousness and understanding. And like, that's what we are in my, that's how I like to describe it. And what is the ultimate purpose of life? <laughs> that one, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> um, I think it's just to, I mean, gosh, to, damn it. I do. Maybe I'm, I just heard something. Okay. So, um, to learn to love yourself despite your flaws, despite all your shortcomings and to learn to like be nice and kind to the people around you despite their short shortcomings and their flaws. That's what it's about. And where can people find out more about you and the work that you're doing? Um, so I have my research gate page up with my research. Um, just, you know, it's Anna Stone um, research gate. Um, and then the arts of thought.com is where my recent um, just published last week, uh, article is on trauma, DNA and psychic ability. Yeah. That's arts of thought.com. And, um, and then I have my website, a stone tarot and it's for tarot readings. Um, I also do free tarot card readings on YouTube and I have, um, a podcast now, a video podcast about witchcraft. So I'm like all out there now. I'm not, I'm completely out of the, the room closet, right? Um, witchcraft, um, esoterica, and psychic abilities um, every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific and Friday at 7 p.m. Pacific on my channel, which is A Stone Tarot and Magic. And we do free readings like on the channel for people that if you don't can't afford that, um, I get it. And so we offer them for free on the lives. And you can ask any questions that you have about any of that stuff, psychic abilities, witchcraft, anything that you're curious about. Everything, everybody's welcome to come and check it out and like get some information. Some accurate information, not you know, TikTok misinformation. <laughs> so and, you know, like actually academic backed stuff. So yeah, that's and that's what where you can find me. And do you have any parting messages for the audience? Yeah, like you guys just uh be nice to each other and to yourself. Like seriously, that's what it's all about. And like we're not different, literally. We're not different at all. We are different on the outside to your eye, but not on the inside, everybody's exactly the same. We all come from the same place. We're all going back to the same place. So y'all need to get it. Stop being all twisted about your differences and like start looking at the similarities instead because it's kind of ridiculous. And it has been such a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for sharing your journey that it has been 
Uh, it's been an adventure talking to you today. And it's been a long journey from when you were young to where you are now. Uh, I appreciate your bravery and for everything you're doing, my dear. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Appreciate you having me. I want to thank Anna so much for coming on the show and sharing her story with all of us. If you want to get links to anything we spoke about in this episode, head over to the show notes at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash 288. And if you've only been listening to this over podcast and you want to watch these amazing conversations, please subscribe to our YouTube channel at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash YouTube. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, trust the journey. It is here to teach you. I'll talk to you soon.